Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all on this Friday, November the 20th of 2020. We'd like to take the time today to welcome all of our listeners wherever you are tuning in from. Uh, We are so privileged to have you guys and everyone here with us joining us on this podcast. It's always a time that we have in the Word of God where we fellowship together, and we pray that you are being blessed. Today is Friday. Today is the last day of this week as we head into next week, into Thanksgiving week. So uh, we are so grateful for all that God has done. Let us get ready today to get into this podcast, to get into the study of the Word of God. I pray that you have come prepared as we are today to study His Word. Today in our panel, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. As always, it is a pleasure to be able to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, we'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. So we come to Friday. We're on podcast number five. We are talking about the great snare. And we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous four podcasts this week to catch up in case you're just joining us. But as always, it's our honor to have you with us as we come to uh, this uh, number five in the series of of the great snare. Um, As always, uh, we've been talking about this over the last couple of days. Um, You know, we encourage you and uh, especially now. Uh, to begin to share these with your loved ones, your family, your friends, those you think would benefit from the discussions that we've been having uh, in the Word of God really now all the way back to to March. We have over 160 podcasts now uh, with multiple hours uh, of laying the case for why we believe uh, that we have quite possibly entered what the Lord called the Great Snare, which we'll get into today. Uh, We encourage you to do that because uh, if you subscribe to the podcast, that sets off algorithms that help uh, to draw people to the podcast who are searching for biblical uh, studies or prophecy or whatever it is they may be looking in in that realm. Um, It'll come up on their search engine. And as we always said, we're not we're not looking to build anything, you know, create our own kingdom or ask for any money. We're just simply putting the word of God out there and. Praying that it will be a blessing and continue to be a blessing by the grace of God as we go forward in these most troublous of times. So with that in mind, we're looking forward to today's podcast as we we finally get to it. And we're going to be discussing some things today uh, that we pray will be at least enlightening and uh, and also encouraging uh, to all our brothers and sisters out there. So with that in mind, Brother Jeremy, would you begin our study today uh, from our text we've been Uh, speaking about over the last week, uh, this time from Luke, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 21, and if you wouldn't mind reading uh, verse 35 and 36, as we begin our discussion, always seeking the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his name we pray, amen. Amen. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Amen. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always. You know, for years... 
I was thinking about this this morning for years, uh, a whole industry, you know, a whole industry was created within the institutional and corporate profit driven church over the last several decades, really. And, and, and that industry had to deal with, with, uh, with primarily as, as we entered into the seventies, the, uh, the realm of the, the prophecy conference or prophecy, you know, they discovered that prophecy sells in the 1970s. Like I was just saying, you know, the book, the late great planet earth, uh, it really, at that time, it took publishing houses by surprise, and it, and it really did. it didn't take long before an opportunity to make big money was recognized by by many many preachers within the church of that time, and subsequently since then, even into our times. And and suddenly, uh, it seemed like everybody was a prophecy expert. You know, the primary theology that drove and has driven this industry uh, is what is known or what I like to call and what our brothers call uh, the pre-tribulationist view, fancy term. But it's really the idea that the church was not going to be uh, or, or was not going to endure tribulation, uh, but be rescued and and be carried away to a magnificent dinner, the marriage supper of the <laughs> Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> in heaven right. uh, and for seven years you know that's what they tell us for seven years we, uh, while all hell breaks loose upon the earth and poor people that are left behind as a matter of fact a famous book series was written on it called left behind right but think about that how in the world could we be eating for seven years i mean that's just if that's not an american gospel i don't know what it is but um yeah yeah. That's what they tell us, right? <laughs> that we were going to be carried away and, and uh, there, that we wouldn't see any tribulation, so to speak. But as time evolved, really that sort of doctrine became an elixir, if you will. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it really fed right into a, a pleasure-seeking, greed-driven, compromised American church that has evolved here in the 21st century. Prophecy conferences thousands and thousands of scripturally illiterate sheep flock to hear the latest prophecy personality uh, and, and weave, uh, hearing them weave their soothing escapist doctrine whose fruit only served and worked put a whole generation to sleep. So much so, really, that right now, right now, not years and years in the future, Right now, the majority of the church in this country are caught, just like the Lord said they would be and warned it would happen. Right now, they're caught, unaware. You know, having laid out uh, for the final generation of his church the, the, the various signposts and prophetic markers uh, to watch for uh, and having warned that a slumber would come, if we failed to guard our hearts and our minds against the spirit of the age, uh, the Lord then revealed the final phase, a prophetic event, something that the Lord himself called a snare. Brother Jeremy, would you read verse 21, I mean, verse 35 again of chapter 21? For as a snare shall it come 
on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. So as we get into this today, we're going to be focusing on on what it was the Lord meant by the snare. Remember, we've been talking at length this week about the progression of the unfolding of prophetic events and the timeline that the Lord gave in Luke 21. Uh, we focused yesterday on Luke 21:20, and and showed what the Lord warned about uh, the early church would need to be aware of, and how how practically speaking, remembering the prophecy that He gave of the destruction of Jerusalem and and Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, that it was supposed to trigger a response from them who were awake and paying attention. They were to flee to the mountains. If they were outside the city, they weren't supposed to come back. If they were in the city, they were supposed to do whatever they could to gather their families and leave. He told them that the time had arrived um, that would that would witness the, the, the wrath of God, the vengeance of God, it predicted in the scriptures, as he said, which would be poured out upon them. And when you read the early writings of the early church fathers, they basically, uh, in many of those writings, talk about how that it was precisely that prophecy the Lord had given of the destruction of Jerusalem that safeguarded the early Jewish church at that time in A.D. 70 when the absolute destruction of the city came down. And, and from that point, the Lord began to unfold historical events and a timeline. Uh, that would unfold across the millennia, really. Um, and, and it would result that early destruction of Jerusalem in the scattering of the Jewish nation to the four corners of the earth. But then he, as we discussed, you know, he talked about that there would be a final generation and how he identified uh, that final generation uh, were, were a series of, of things that he would, you know, put forth. But one of the major Two of the major ones was, one, the regathering of the nation of Israel. After 2,000 years of history, that was written, uh, witnessed in the 20th century. Indeed, as the Lord said, the nation of Israel would be regathered. And that occurred in 1948. But then he threw in the second component, which was Jerusalem itself. He drew our attention to Jerusalem itself, and he said that the event that would end what he called the times of the Gentiles, uh, that is that Jerusalem would be trodden underfoot of the Gentiles until what he called the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled or coming to an end, and that Jerusalem would be given back into the hands of the of the nation of Israel. And, and he said the generation who witnessed both of those things would not pass away until all that had been written in the scriptures would come to pass. So it, he called it the final generation. That generation, or this generation, shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Well, we saw Jerusalem handed back to Israel, just as he predicted, on May the 12th, 2018. Again, another signpost. And so he unfolded in so many other things that we're not going <laughs> to have time to get in today. But all of these events were designed uh, to alert a final generation. And in the context of him warning and giving these signposts and these markers and so forth and so on, he, he also interjected what we were studying over the last couple of days, which is that in the midst of this, these prophetic events that would signal and identify that final generation, that 
that they would need to guard their hearts. They would need to take heed to themselves. That is their emotional and mental capacity up underneath these events and that their hearts would have to be guarded because if they didn't, he said, what would end up happening is that there would be a, a spiritual decline in the church itself that would bring it into a state that when this great snare that we're talking about would come, they would literally be caught unaware. We believe as we opened our study today in laying forth uh, the thought of how we saw really uh, an, an interesting uh, prophetic concept emerge at the beginning of the 20th century that has totally saturated the church with an idea that it wouldn't, and especially as we came down to the to 21st century and the church has evolved through that last hundred plus years now, that that we, we got this idea because of our overfed nature that we've kind of, you know, morphed into in the church, this this fat, happy, and sassy kind of mentality, uh, the removing of the gospel, uh, the the, the theology emerged that that was really something that was fully embraced because it it preached in in many circles it, it preached or at least garnered a sense that that everything's cool because I'm not going to have to go through anything that it doesn't matter what the Bible says is coming because that's not for us mm-hmm. but that's not right but that's not how the Lord laid it out. Right. And as a matter of fact, what he said was that was that you would have to guard against that kind of thinking, because that kind of thinking would tend towards sensual uh, pursuit, which he called surfeiting, drunkenness, uh, which he equated as not just mere wine, but anything that intoxicates. And we went over that on Wednesday's podcast. You can go back and listen to it. And the cares of this life, being focused and self-centered on on my own success and on my own uh, distractions with a horizontal kind of mentality that is everything is 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 about the here and now and and it would remove the sense of what the apostles had always told us that we were supposed to set our sights on things above and not on things below subsequently he said the result of that in this final generation is that a slumber would come upon the church or those who were not awake and that when the snare would come, they would be absolutely unaware of it, and neither would they have the ability to discern what it all means. And so what Brother Jeremy just read there, that's where we are. We're talking about what is this snare. Once again, note, the Lord described in verse 35 the great snare as something so all-pervasive, so all-encompassing, that literally it would affect every person on the face of the whole earth. Let me say that again. What distinguishes the snare from the rest of the prophetic timeline that Jesus gave is he presents it as the last component piece to the enslavement of the whole world. It's the first time he mentions it. And so we have to take note of that and understand he's trying to communicate something to us. He's drawing our attention to something. Now, we know from other scriptures, from the prophets and the holy apostles, the book of Revelation, whatever you want to throw in, the book of Thessalonians, we'll look at that in a second. But all of it together, the Lord uh, encapsulates in this statement. He calls it the snare. And it is the final thing 
that then he goes on to reveal it's it's something that is so all pervasive like it's so totally encompassing that he said it would come upon all not some not part not half not three quarters but all of them that dwell on the face of the whole earth it is the identifying definitive descriptive phrase he gave that literally causes us to understand that the final piece which would catch most unaware undiscerning unexpected unforeseen whatever words you want to use because that's what it literally means caught unaware would literally affect the whole planet now listen again uh being caught unaware the actual word unaware means to be to, to be to encounter something unexpectedly it'll seem sudden it'll be something that is completely unforeseen now remember he's talking to the church he's not talking to the world he's talking to his own disciples and he's referencing the final generation of disciples that is why he was so emphatic in verse 34 about how we had to guard ourselves because he said over the process of time in that final generation failure to do so would cause a generation to emerge that would be completely clueless to what was actually happening around it and as a matter of fact if you can think a little bit deeper all those three things that he gave were behavior of the flesh of how we would act in the flesh as opposed to the spirit and in many ways it connects with other scriptures which in 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 a sense causes the very events that we fear to actually transpire precisely because of our unawareness of our surfeiting of our drunkenness of, of, of focusing on this life and not on the eternal life and the plan and purpose of god that is yet ahead of us so he says it's unexpected it's unaware it's it's unforeseen by those who have fallen asleep again remember the warning was given precisely in verse 34 so that we wouldn't end up in that condition of slumber the Apostle Paul, in relating to these times, he spoke to us about it. Brother Jeremy, could you turn over there, please, to First Thessalonians chapter 5? You quoted it from it yesterday. But Paul makes a, distinguish, uh, a distinguishing statement between those that are asleep and those that are awake. And it's in uh, chapter 5, verse 4. Would you mind reading that to us? Yes. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. So he's saying that the day itself, the day of the snare, the day of the, the, the final uh, few years of human history that will culminate with the second coming of the Lord, that it shouldn't catch you unaware. That day should not catch you unaware. That, that you are not in darkness. You have the light of the word. You have the light of the spirit. You have the light of your salvation, your relationship with God. If you're walking as a child of the light, it shouldn't be uh, the kind of uh, experience in these last days where you have no clue that what is going on. He said it shouldn't come upon you that way, that you should be wide awake. And that's the same thing Jesus was saying. And so he goes on back in Luke 21, verse 35, to then say, the reason that you have to caution yourself precisely is because the snare will come. And the way he describes the snare is so revealing because it comes from the Greek word uh, 
Pagi or Pagis, however you want to say it, P-A-G-I-S. And literally what the word snare means, and we're talking about an event-driven revelation here that, that, that the Lord's revealing to us. The word snare means a trap, something that traps you, uh, it, a trick. It also means a, a, a stratagem which means strategy. It means it's some sort of strategic event is going to happen, he, he was saying to them, uh, and he was revealing to them. It's going to be a strategic event, but really it's a trap. And again, what he said was this strategic event, or events, if you will, is designed specifically to to trap all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. The word trap uh, literally means like a bird that's caught in a net. You know, when a bird's flying around, they might they might lay out a net, cover it with, with things that the bird can't see, but leave things there uh, to draw the bird to it. The bird unaware lands to get whatever has been left there, like seed or food or whatever, and suddenly it's caught unaware. It has been concealed, but but well laid as a trap. It also means uh, like an animal in the forest that's caught in one of those traps, like a trap stick where you hold up a box with a little stick and you put right. some cheese in there, let's say. And so the, the animal goes in looking for the cheese and suddenly the, the stick is removed and it's caught. It's trapped. What this implies by the language that the Lord is using is very much in keeping with the meaning that Luke chose for the word led by the Holy Spirit. He's revealing that the final component in the timeline that he's unfolded in Luke 21 is going to be an event-driven event, which he called a snare, because the events that trigger it are are like a snare. It is a trap. It is a strategy. It's kind of like, are we saying that the pandemic is the... uh you know, the fulfillment of the snare, maybe, maybe not. But we are, you know, what I'll say is, is that trail of cheese leading up to it that, that you're going to, that the people are following into the snare, right? As you, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you spoke about, right? That's what the snare means, like like a piece of food. And there's this mm-hmm. box, this trap box, you know, for when whatever animal goes in to get it, the box falls and traps the, the, the animal. Um well, what we're saying is this is the triggering point. It's leading up to uh, the, the 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 one who snares, which is the man mm-hmm. of sin, right? And that's a that's a really important point to make because also within the word snare, uh, another meaning to it or another way to that it's presented is it it has within it that those those breadcrumbs, those those pieces of cheese you were talking about. From the perspective yeah. of this, it, it means the the enticement to sensuality and sin, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, with throwing that additional thought into the mix, in essence, the Lord was saying that that it will have these components resident within it, almost as if the master strategist understands that it is a culture that's completely distracted and unaware through sensuality and various other things that have caused it to be, because he's talking about his own church, that have caused it to be completely deadened to any spiritual warning that might be given to it 
precisely because it's been allured over time within a generation now that it is now primed and ripe to be caught. That is what the snare is. Now listen. So then what, what the Lord is revealing or was revealing was that the snare, like we said, it it would affect the whole world. All people. So the snare that would affect the whole world is in fact a trap, a strategy, a strategic plan designed to snare the whole world that would come seemingly suddenly, unexpectedly, and unforeseen, but in fact is actually a trap, a strategy which ensnares the whole world. And like Brother Fernando was just saying, we believe that 2020 and its events that have been transpiring seemingly uh, appeared to be random occurrences throughout the year, but in truth are in fact the exact opposite of that. They're not random events. But in fact, for those who are not asleep, 2020 uh, and the events therein are totally connected and are leading to what is being called the Great Global Reset. And it is well down the road now. It's called the Great Global Reset, or as the Word of God calls it, right? Uh, it calls the Great Global Reset in the Book of Revelation. He calls it the beast that rises up out of the sea. What does that entail? Because we, we, we keep mentioning that that term, right, Global Reset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you could throw in e- economics, a, a, a global reset of the economy, uh, a global reset of universal global health care um, or the implementing of it um, but more more than more than anything is it's it's a global reset of moral laws yes right? it's all that right all of it it's, it's everything that's what they're doing if you, if you pay attention they're mm-hmm. they're resetting uh, the way we think that's a deep thought right there you know, so yeah, it's, it's a dangerous time, dangerous time. And again, this is this is conversation happening at the higher levels of power that the mm. normal Joe is not even worried about. You know, they're worried yeah. about, you know, their favorite football team, you know, winning <laughs> their division or, or, you know, a draft or whatever. But uh, again, this is this is this is conversation that's happening at the higher levels. Um, and, it, and the information is available to anyone who is awake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, to to add to the conversation that we're having right now and the ideas that we're bringing about, Jesus, in a sense, he was he was perplexed in his time when the Pharisees and when the Sadducees came to him and asked him to give them a sign. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> desired. Right, so the Bible says desired, and then he was perplexed. He says, "You guys know how to, you know, that when it is evening, you say it will be a fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather. Today, for the sky is red and lowering." He says, "Oh, you hypocrites! You can discern the face of the sky, but can mm-hmm. you not discern the sign of the times?" 
Jesus was perplexed with that. You, you, you know the science of things. <laughs> you, you know, right? Every single aspect, but yet you cannot discern the sign of the times. And I think that, that goes with the, what we're speaking about today and the times that we are living in this hour today that people cannot discern the sign of the times. Amen. And, and that's precisely what he was revealing. See, again, I go back to this because I, I don't, you know, I'm praying that people are actually understanding what we're saying. You know, when we look at the Bible the right way and when we read it in the way that Jesus gave it to us in Luke 21, he begins by identifying first the destruction of the system would come. Exactly. Speaking of Judaism, the destruction of the temple, the establishment religion would be brought down precisely because of its its sin and its greed. Brother Fernando so wonderfully talked about a couple of podcasts ago in the in the comparison that Jesus made between the rich and the poor widow and the striking difference within his house and and how her gift uh, drew his attention but he goes on to to reveal the utter corruption of the established religious order of his day which rejected Christ and he predicted that it would be destroyed completely and absolutely destroyed he then begins to unfold how the early church would begin to have persecution driven primarily by a compromised religious establishment ultimately culminating in the destruction of Jerusalem itself and the burning down of the temple, not one stone left upon another. What we're saying is he unfolded systematic timelines. Mm -hmm. And it's vital to, to, to main that, maintain that in our understanding as we discuss these things, because it, it gives huge weight and lends uh, in, uh, you know, a solid credibility to why we're proposing what we're proposing, not simply because we think so, but because the unfolding of the way that he presented it to us and the, the specific words and their definite definition and their meanings tell us that we have reached this point and how he spoke it to us. And we have to keep that in mind so that people don't just say, well, well you guys are just being extreme or you're over the top or whatever. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to look into events of the day and, and try to see what you want to see. Really? Well, we have laid yeah. out a case for you. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. No, think? no, we're we're we understand that the flow of prophecy has an integrity to it, and we're trying to maintain in that integrity of the flow of prophecy that yeah. uh, took place in that day, but is playing out today. So all yeah. we're doing is is looking at at at, at a Luke twenty one, and, and seeing the flow of it, and aligning it up with what's taking place today. Yeah. The the what's what's taking place today aligns up with what took place. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 an incredible thing it, when, when it you is. begin to you know put the, uh, the 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 template together or take that template yeah. and apply it to today, and, and it's start, it's startling. I mean, one one has to say, wait a minute. Uh, you know, you, you could say we're crazy, but at the end of the day, it, it this is exactly what's playing out. It's not mere coincidence. The Holy Spirit left it there for us, and yes. we need to apply ourselves to it. It's not the other way around, you know, <laughs> where prophecy yeah. has to fit what we think. No, yeah. apply yourself to what the Word is saying, right? Yeah, like what and, and, and again, 
ahead, bro. Yeah. No, it, again, you know, and, and many people have done uh, an injustice in, 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 you know, trying to uh, explain the prophecies in Luke 21, Matthew 24, you know, when, when, it, when, it, when Jesus spoke about the destruction of the temple, the, their focus became the structured temple. And, and so now everybody's looking for a third temple. No, what you said there is powerful. He's like, it's not just the temple he was talking about. It was the system, the religious corrupted system mm. that he was judging. Mm -hmm. right? And so if we understand it in that manner, we understand why we find ourselves where we find ourselves today. A yeah, religious that's precisely system what, is being judged. Yeah, so that's precisely why I began in the early 70s with that late great Planet Earth book. Because it really, uh, it was, it sold hundreds of thousands, if not millions of copies. And yeah, it, it created yeah. an entire industry. And and the and theology, the theology behind, Yeah, the theology behind it. Go ahead. No, multi-million dollar industry. <laughs> yeah, and, but, but the theology behind it is, is right. an escapist theology. See, this... There are circles they wouldn't even let me walk in anymore if they heard me saying what I'm saying right now. Simply because of that, mm -hmm. they have equated a a pre-tribulation uh, rapture as as a chief component to salvation itself. So, in other words, if you don't believe that that Jesus is going to come seven years before the end of the world, uh, appear secretly in the sky, some trumpet's going to be blown, uh, we're going to be caught up in the in the air, and then we're going to go back to heaven and we're going to sit down and we're going to have this seven year long meal while all the rest of the world is is, is being you know blown away and, and judged and all that kind of stuff and, and then right. they throw in well you know there'll be a few people that remembered what we had to say and they'll get saved but poor poor guys you know they, they should have got right with god before we got taken out of here i mean that yeah. isn't scriptural yeah. at all right i, I challenge you I, in, in luke 21 to show me where this seven-year uh, pre-tribulation escape plan is because Jesus didn't mention it. I challenge anyone right. out there, mm -hmm. anyone, to, to take me to task for what we've been teaching for the last eight, nine months. Anyone. And come at me with your Bible. I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't want to hear your uh, Dallas Theological Seminary-driven concepts <laughs> of what eschatology is. What is God saying? And show it to me in the Word, and I will listen. And if I'm wrong, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. How much? I know how much of wrong. that teaching? How much of that teaching um, is behind this snare of unpreparedness of of, of a relaxed state? I mean, a you have to amount. say that, right? I, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> I, and, and I think that's the very reason, um, number one, what you said, you know, I never thought about it. You know, what you said was very deep right now, Brother Marty. You're saying that we're going to be caught up, right, that the pre-trip people say we're going to be caught up, be in this seven-year wedding feast while <laughs> all hell is breaking loose here in, in the earth. This doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, number, number two, why are we speaking on this podcast about 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 uh about prophecy it's out of necessity yes because the questions are there the people are hungry the people are asking these questions and when we look and you look into 
how much uh, the, you know you, you began speaking about prophecy conferences and all this has affected the mentality, especially with this specific doctrine that we're talking about, the the pre-trib uh, rapture, has really done. Really, we're, we're beginning to see now that it's harmed the way people think, and that's why there is no expectation or even interest in knowing the things that are in the book of Revelation or the things that Jesus said, because we're not going to be here. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not going to affect right. me. And, and, and that's the snare. You know, I've, I've seen, right. I've seen brothers uh, on, on YouTube, a pre-trib, pre-trib minister saying, Hey, I just want to leave this video because I'm not going to be here. And, but right. I'm going to give you some instructions to do this, you know, uh, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't use your phone. Don't go to church. They're going to, you know, like, you know what? What a what arrogance! Number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, ah. But but number two, again, I just want to go back to the point I made at first. I think you know we never started, we never began doing these podcasts out of out of like you say, brother Marty, to to get an audience to ask for people's money. It came simply out of necessity, brother. You know what I'm saying? And and we're, we're no experts. We don't have the degrees that others have. But we're just simple people that are just reading the word of God for what it is, you know, and we've begun to see. I grew up with that doctrine. That's the way, you know, my you know, the denomination where I grew up, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, you can attest to that, too. You know, that we grew up thinking and this. This is what this is all we knew until we began to search the scriptures and began to ask questions. And you began to see, hmm, you know, uh, maybe it's not the way. We thought it was. Well, you're right, and 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 the Lord gave gave us, uh, you know, plenty of of examples in his in his parables, and you know, on the final day, he talks about the final day. Uh, you know, the, what the rapture really is is the first resurrection. It's the first resurrection. See, the resurrection's already begun. Right. And and. <laughs> If you remember when Jesus rose from the dead, right? I mean, it's begun. But when he returns, it it is to prevent the wrath of God from being poured out upon the saints. It's precisely for that reason that he comes to get us. But it's on the final day. It's the ultimate pouring out of the wrath of God upon an unbelieving world. And and, and the earth itself is going to be uh, rid of the wicked inhabitants of the children of the devil. But the first resurrection, there's not multiple resurrections because Paul put it forth and we're not, we weren't meant to teach on the rapture today, but listen in the scripture where Paul says, uh, you know, uh, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. The dead in Christ rising is a resurrection. You cannot have a, a, a multiple series of resurrections, uh, which is what you know the pre-tribulation rapture seems to imply, uh, and and the way that they teach it. Again, I hate using those fancy terms, but again, it's an escapist mentality. It's a lie from the devil. The Bible is very completely, uh, you know, solid in what it says. Do you believe in a rapture? Well, if you want to use that word, yeah, or the harpezo as they call it, yeah, I believe in that. Because the Bible teaches it, that we'll be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord in the clouds. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
right, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And we which are alive and remain or have survived is the actual word there, uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. There's only one generation that's not going to see death. There will be those within that generation that will have to pay the ultimate price to glorify the Lord by their martyrdom. But there will also be the elect, as he terms them, that will be, uh, you know, uh, that the days will be cut short primarily for those that are still alive. We will be changed, Paul said, right, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the last trump. Now, you go on and study the book of Revelation, and you find out when the last trump is. And we will have been taken at that point. And, and you will see. But so we, we're not saying there is no catching away. But we are saying, and why are we saying this to begin with? Because if we're wrong, we're wrong. We're still going up to meet the Lord in the clouds. But if we're right, then we need to prepare ourselves like the Lord admonished us to mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for what lies ahead. The Bible is filled with, in your patience you possess your soul. Here is the faith and the patience of the saints. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Uh, in the world you will have tribulation, he said. But don't fear, I've overcome the world. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. And we can go down through all these scriptures. Or you want to talk about in between the sixth and the seventh vial, or the sixth and the seventh trumpet or the sixth and the seventh seal. Go there and find where the rapture of the church is. It's not seven years before. It's well into what they term a seven-year tribulation. But in fact, the Lord draws our attention to 42 months, the rise of the Antichrist, the coming of that wicked one, the persecution directed at the church. It's a, it's a three-and-a-half-year period. It's known as the Great Tribulation. And if we're not well, prepared... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. No, if we're not prepared, as most aren't, it is why what has happened January 2020 till now has caught the church flat-footed with a series of false prophets, uh, you know, compromised uh, congregations, disoriented, even believers, good, solid people who are going, wait a minute, this is not anything I saw coming or expected, and it only seems to be getting worse. It is getting right. worse. Go ahead. <laughs> No, and, and are we saying that the proponents or teachers of a pre-tribulation rapture are not saved? No. No. I mean, you know, they, they believe in the coming of the Lord. We have to believe in the rapture, right? So there are brothers, but what it can do, if they are wrong, is create this 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 attitude in us of escapism, and that we're not going to go through anything, and you know get caught up in a snare and fall asleep, right? Yes. But, yes. again, it's, it's this pandemic that should take us back to the drawing board, like, wait a minute, because all them prophecy teachers miss this one, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, know, right. I, you know, a global events like this weren't supposed to happen until we're gone. Right. Right. And you're yeah. right, Brother and, Fernando, when you said that the global reset it's multiple, it's cultural, it's social, it's economic, yeah. it's spiritual, it's yes. government, yes. it's media, yes. information, propaganda, everything is being uh, tooled in one direction. Have you noticed, by the way, that ever since the election, by the way, or really since this whole 
snare came upon us, January 2020, that the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, Fox News even, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, ad infinitum. Ask yourself whether it's here nationally or even internationally, the BBC, Sky Australia, DW Germany, Haaretz Israel, the Jerusalem Post, Al Jazeera, go down the line and go look for yourself and you'll see that all of them are saying the same thing right now. All of them. <laughs> that, that, that's insane, what you just said. For all the communication uh, avenues that we have, to be speaking the same thing. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in for a moment, all right? Because, you know, it has it, never been like that. Yeah, we have our issues here nationally. The Middle East has their issues, and they're worried about what's going on over there, and, and, and China has its issues, right, and, and so forth and so on, Beijing issues over there. But now all of a sudden it's like they're all interested mm -hmm. in this global reset. Yes. That right there yeah. is is something that we need to think about and say it's, why and ask the question why. It's frightening. Big time. It's frightening. See, it, this global reset has a multi-layer, right? A multi-layer. It's not just one thing. It's like you said. It touches every facet of society, moral, mm -hmm. economical, everything, right? And and that's what we learn when when we study the Gospels. Jesus always spoke about specific times and seasons. Study that. Look into that when he speaks of latter times, end of time, end of the world, signs. Jesus always spoke about seasons and times. That's what Paul would tell the church of Thessalonians, man. I, there's no need, he says. What did he tell him? Right? He said, "There's, there's no need that I speak to you concerning right. about the times and the seasons." Right. He said, For you, you yourself know. know." He said, "You yourself that know." Right? The perfect, the right, the perfect, perfectly the day of the Lord that comes as a thief in the night. Oh, okay, so that's a that's a word is that is used in in the pre-trip rapture, thief in the night, thief in the night. But look what he says, right? But, you know, when they shall say peace and safety and sudden destruction shall come upon them in travail, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, he says, mm -hmm. look what he says now, mm -hmm. but ye, brethren, you are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. He's coming as a thief in the night for those that are unaware, what we're talking about, the unaware, right? <laughs> but for yeah. those... Who we're, we're talking to you. You should know better. You that are, you know, my, my brothers and sisters in the Lord that that, that love God. That that you're obviously tuning into these podcasts because there's it's bearing witness in your spirit. He said, "You, my brethren, are not in darkness. That yeah. that day should overtake take you as a thief. Why? Because we are children of light, children of the day, right? And and then he goes so forth and so on. And I I'll throw yeah. this in there. He's he's. The Apostle Paul was was very well versed in, in the in the Mount Olivet Discourse, Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one. Yes. So he's referencing that. Yeah. Right. As a, yeah. A, 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 it's going to come as a right. woman in travail. Right. Yes. That's right. Matthew twenty four, Mount Olivet Discourse terminology. Right. Yeah. So he, and, he, and we spoke about that yesterday about when you see these things happen, you who are in Judea, flee. 
Yes. That's well into, you know, the, the seven-year period of, of the Daniel spoke of the last seven years. Yeah. Right? So, we again, this is what Scripture is saying. What, so we have to we have to really think about what the apostle is saying here concerning what he's writing, because it's true. You know, uh, when I was a little kid, they used to say, you know, the Lord comes as a thief in the night. He's going to come when you least expect. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm not going to know. He's just going to come whenever he wants. He's going to catch right. us sleeping. <laughs> That's not what the apostle yeah, Paul we, says. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right. And we know we know no. the intentions, you know, the intentions of the, of those, you know, early churches and those early preachings and stuff was to keep people in line, right? You know, we just to keep us like ready and all that kind of stuff. But but the truth of the matter is is up until now you they used to say, you know, Jesus could come at any moment, right? That's what you're saying. But that's not true. That's not what the scripture right. says. Right? <laughs> He'll come like that suddenly because precisely even the Lord himself said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Will it be exactly. so dark on the planet that, that there's not even a, a belief in me anymore? And, and you know, Brother Jeremy, you were just saying about, about our brothers and sisters who, who tune in and, and have joined us, and we know there's many, because we hear from a lot of them, and, and I've heard from others who say that others are listening too. Um, you know, what these podcasts are designed to do is to be a rallying point. You know, so that they've kind of evolved into this position that we're at. Okay, we get together every day. We have this discussion. This is what's going on now, and this is what we think we should do. I frankly don't know how much longer we can keep doing these things because if the flow continues to go in the direction that it's headed, and it will, trust me, the ability to communicate is going to be absolutely curtailed. Already, like we just talked about, if you have any – alternative point of view outside the the so-called mainstream of platform media or where things uh, or information is gathered or proclaimed, if you're outside the collective Orwellian declaration that's going on right now, they deplatform you. They shut you down. As a matter of fact, yeah. it's gotten so dangerous right now. I sent my brothers uh, uh, that uh, thing on YouTube this morning that I saw. Uh, a courtesy uh, that was brought to my attention by by some brothers uh, at True News. They they showed this video last night on their news program, and I went to look it up, and and it was there. It was uh, Dr. Uh, Andreas Nowak. He's a he's a renowned doctor and scientist, uh, particularly in the area of of infectious diseases and studying microbiology and stuff, as far as I could see. And he has a daily podcast that he does from Germany in German. Uh, that he live streams uh, across the net. And uh, and he was, yesterday apparently, he was talking on his live stream podcast about the global reset and his opinion that, that the COVID corona thing, uh, the virus thing, is not uh, as, as uh, bad as they say it is, and that he was tying it, much sounding like us, he doesn't even claim to be a believer, but he was tying it to the pretext that they're using it over there in Europe and globally, he said, to uh, to enslave the world into a one-world system. While he was broadcasting, they were monitoring him on YouTube and, and, and across the internet, and you can go check it out, Dr. Andreas yeah. Nowak. And and fast forward it to the 43rd minute, 43 minutes and 18 seconds, and start from there. 
because he's having an interview with this guy on his podcast and suddenly there's this loud pounding at the door and you can see it in his face he becomes startled and he's trying to tell his guest on his podcast show uh there's there's somebody's at the door and you can hear him pounding and then he suddenly realizes it's the police it's it's the state germany police that's where he's at they knocked his door down came in with their guns drawn and made him get on the ground arrested him and took him away and disconnected his podcast turning the camera away so forth and so on but you can see it all happen and i encourage you to go look at it because what you're looking at right there is what's coming to this country if unless God steps in and, and does something miraculous that I frankly don't see coming. But I pray I'm wrong. But you see, this dystopian, draconian world is now here. The snare is here. And, and the Lord said it would increase to the point that it would affect the whole world. Listen, understand the snare that the Lord warned us about this final generation about it's a snare like brother jeremy was sharing over the last couple of days about the wheat and the tares the one who sold the tares the one who's bringing this global reset about it's not men it's the devil himself it's satan himself exactly. and he's been working at this for a long time man and they've they, they, they they're on they're unveiling they're they're drawing back the curtain, so to speak. Brother Jimmy, yeah, go the, devil, the devil the devil is putting hooks on every world leader right now and drawing them in. It's so freaky, going. right? I mean it's yeah. beyond I mean I don't want to get too excited here, but <laughs> it's weird because it is as if they have become inhabited by devils. I mean, and I believe that's what's happened. The demonic activity amongst the global leaders leaders is at such a high level now. And and they are acting in such brazen ways. But we're talking particularly about here in the United States. There are no more Adams or Jeffersons or Washingtons or Lincolns. Where's the great statesman standing up to resist this this uh craziness that's that's flooding the the, the great nation of the United States of America? Well they're 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 absent. It's just a handful of people. It's just a handful of people, relatively speaking, who really don't have any power except the 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 so far, uh, you know, ability to still in our little corner of the world and in other places around the country and the world cry out and say, this is that. This is that, like Peter said, right? This is that which the prophets told us about. This is that which Jesus warned us about. This is that which the Apostle John told us about. Brother Jeremy, turn over there real quick. No, they're over there fist bumping, fist bumping at Capitol Hill, brother. That's what they're doing. Republican and Democrat, right? Yeah. Who was fist bumping, brother? Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Lindsey Graham fist bumping Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with this picture, right? Come on, somebody. Yeah. You have eyes to see, right? Are you there, brother Jeremy? Yeah, you, where, where do you want me to go, brother? I'm sorry. I thought you were in the spirit, brother. I thought you'd be there by now. All right. It threw me off. The, the fist bumping threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> you were locked in until then. Okay. All right. So, uh, Revelation 12, read, read to us 17 and then 13, 1. Okay. 
So Revelation twelve seventeen, right? Yes, it and then says, Okay. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I, and now chapter 13, verse 1, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. For those of you who will go back a week or two, you'll, you, we encourage you to listen to our series on, on the book of Revelation, the dragon and the beast and all that we talked about in that. But again, I draw your attention to this because we're talking about the snare. See, the goal and the agenda of that snare, this unexpected prophetic event, this is, what Jesus, this is the last thing in his list in Luke 21. It's, it's a strategy, he said. It's a trap. It's a trick. And it's something that would infect and, and affect, I should say, the whole world. And he said that was the marker. That is the end of the end, so to speak. But we come to Revelation twelve seventeen because this is the working of Satan. And how he does it is, is that he begins to cause a system to rise up collectively that ultimately will enslave the entire planet. This is the snare that Jesus was talking about. And ultimately, it is after the working of Satan. Brother Jeremy, would you read that to us in Second Thessalonians real quick? Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Uh, could you read to us verse uh, 7 through 11? Second Thessalonians. You said 7 to 11. Yes, chapter 2. Please. Amen. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. The lie, the great reset. Call it what you will. It is the system of the beast. Verse 9 tells us it's after the working of Satan. This is a satanic expression taking place right now. And it's it, it's been well underway and, and began in earnest, if you will, even more so in the 20th century as we crossed into the 20th century. And we've been over this many, many times in our podcast previously. But this is what we're seeing. The he that's referred to in verse 7 as being taken out of the way uh, is the Holy Spirit. And and the taking out of the way of the Holy Spirit is, is connected to what he first starts telling us in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, is that there would be a falling away, that the church itself would fall away 
from what it should be and that it would reach a point and 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 collectively really humanity's ability to receive the influence of the spirit is rejected he's actually removed from the scene and removed from visible established religion and church and then that wicked one shall be revealed that is speaking of the antichrist you see that's where this is headed listen to what i'm about to tell you the stage is being prepared right now the stage is being cleared for that wicked one to come however long that is from now i don't know but it's not going to be very long it may be several months it may be tomorrow night i don't know but i know it's coming and it's very close we have seen the managed decline if you will of the establishment church as well as the nation itself and we continually draw our attention to this country because it is the only thing that is standing in the way between complete global domination by forces from the east and forces from the west the old roman empire rising and the dragon on the other side of the world coming together in order to connect the world this is the working of satan and the stage is being cleared right now and his children are being prepared that's what jeremy just read where it says that they would believe a lie it's a strong delusion uh, it, it's unrighteousness in them that perish in them it is a it is a complete manifestation of the inhabiting of the collective of humanity whose names are not written in the lamb's book of life of this system that's the lie they believe you know they've thrown off the influence of the spirit they are they are rejecting the gospel and they are embracing a lie and they believe it but god's people see it and this is the hand of the wicked one himself he has done this and yes. and understand the snare that we're talking about it's not just one thing like brother fernando brother jeremy have been saying but it's a series of connected events uh, that began with a hidden strategy that's what jesus was telling us a hidden strategy that once initiated will progressively unfold and culminate with the enslavement of the whole world the dragon the beast atheistic communism that's what it is really and the people are choosing it it rises out of the sea right the sea are the people of the nations if you have eyes to see and you understand the word of god all is designed ultimately to come after the church the saints of god that's what we talked about briefly uh, a week before last in our podcast series where it speaks about when he finally takes shape and form that he goes after the saints he goes to make war with the saints that's what this system is you know they're tightening the bolts now they're bringing together the framework it's been laid all across the planet you want to go deep and really talk about some things look at all the the people in positions of power within it within the within the structures of our nation and the institutions of our nation right now it doesn't matter anymore truth has died in the streets that's what jeremiah said truth has fallen in the streets it doesn't matter anymore 
It doesn't matter if you've got the truth. We don't want the truth. Right. We have been overrun. And it's it's beyond the concept to really, you know, for most people to really understand this. But they have they have slithered their way in over decades. They have taken positions like a virus that waits for its opportunity to spring forth and 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 lays dormant until the proper time. We're beginning to see that whether it's it's uh, it's our judicial system, our universities, our schools, uh, you know, our elementary schools, our 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 institutions of law enforcement, FBI, CIA, NSA, go down the list, Pentagon, or even within the executive branch itself, every facet of the society has been infected with people that have no allegiance to anything else than what Brother Fernando talked about the other day, which is greed and lust and, and the thriving and desiring for power. They have believed a lie because the dragon shares power with nobody. Everybody becomes a means to an end and there's only right. an elite, right? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's, it's uh, And that's the thing that you ask yourself, like, don't these people know that if everyone collectively gives into this, they'll all be harmed? You know, eventually everything comes home to roost, right? Yeah. Um, you, give, you give complete power to the people to choose what they want to do. It's going to get you. It's going to get you back. I mean, just look at our, our governor over here. You know, people taking pictures of him and 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 and, and his dinner, and you know, and and now now he's looking bad, right? right. So every, everything is just becoming this this crazy, bizarre Hunger Games, you know, kind of situation, man. It's like Hunger where, Games. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt Kidding. like the other. <laughs> well, you know right? what, man? Feel like that? Like we're in yeah, this bubble, and, and 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 we're all being controlled, and it's like. Wow, but again, the the rise of of the man of sin can't come until until there's a collective cry, yes, uh, for him. So what we feel right now, this strange feeling that's upon our nation, upon the globe, is what's going to bring about that cry, yes, for liberation, yeah, of it. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, right. <laughs> but what they're going to get is even more bondage yes. from this man of sin. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. the beast rising out of the sea, right? It's it's uh yeah. but see, it's but see we have an American perspective on that, see. Because I've had mm -hmm. the privilege in my family of, of traveling around the world. When you go into Europe, Africa, and the different parts of I walk the streets of Beijing, I've been there, man. You know, uh, you go to those places, and what you come home realizing once you land on American soil is the whole world has already been given over to this. Mm. It's just that we don't know it because we live here. And yeah, and right. what, I've, what I've seen happen over the last 20 years has brought us to this point now. What I saw in Europe and, and in Africa and in, and in, and in China – and what I've seen there and, and, and witnessed there was whether it's the streets of London, which I've walked down, or, or even the, 
the shires of, of Scotland, as they say. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I've been there too. You know, so it's it's, it's kind of like there's this incredible um, deadness and robotic like uh, unquestioned obedience to the government dictate. And you're talking about the center of European power now. Go over to Beijing and you see people walking around as if they're automatons, deeply programmed in a matter of two generations. Right. You know, the, the very people that led Mao Zedong in his cultural revolution, his communist demonic revolution, he turned on them and killed them all and went for their children. And and his famous statement was, you know, a, a revolution every now and then is a healthy thing. He bypassed the very generation that brought him to power and turned their children against them. And they subsequently have grown up and their children now are completely overtaken. One giant autonomous, you know, programmed <laughs> people, man. And Europe's much like that already. So the strong delusion is here, and that is what we're putting forth. It, why everything is coming down to this country is precisely because as messed up as it is, it, it still hasn't been, it still has to be brought to its ultimate conclusion, which is that it will be enslaved as well. Now, I don't want to get too far adrift here, but I just want to, I want to talk to you about something just briefly here for a couple seconds. Because we, our brother, my brothers and I, we've talked about this recently in the last several weeks, and, and we've we've hypothesized, especially since the election, what are the scenarios and the outcomes of those scenarios if you play it out, whether it's the president remains in power, there's something decided at the Supreme Court, no, nope, there's a transition and the new administration comes in, which is blatantly has an allegiance to a globalist mentality. You go down any scenario or any road that you want to go down, and we're just talking about the next couple weeks here, and the outcome is disastrous no matter what you look at. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take. And then the ultimate outcome and what we think we're seeing, and I, and I really hesitate to even say this, is the ultimate destruction of the nation itself. If it doesn't go the way they want it, they're not going to allow it to thrive and survive anymore. That's frightening, but not to the child of God. Because Jesus said, remember now, when you see this, do this. <laughs> so, so we know, man, and we know something. And we're going to look at that here. We're going to close with this, okay? Because, like we said, the snare is not something, you know, is not one thing. It's everything we're trying to discuss here. It's a series of connected events that begin with a hidden strategy. That's what Jesus is saying, right? So if we have eyes to see and you understand the word of God, it's all designed, like we just said, to come after the church. But that's been prophesied. Remember this, brothers and sisters. We were talking about it yesterday. And we're going to close here in a second, but we got to get this out Friday, right? Because I promise you we would. Listen, uh, when Jerusalem was compassed about with armies, there was specific practical information that was given to the church of that day that would see it. And if they responded to it correctly, they would be preserved. We have promises. 
that we will be preserved if we respond correctly and if we recognize the times like Brother Jeremy was just saying. But remember this, that when the judgment came, it came against the system, like Brother Fernando was just talking about. It began, if you remember, uh, with Jerusalem being compassed about. What was Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the only remaining place on the planet at the time that had a possibility for becoming the light of the world. <laughs> they were the last bit, that city set on a hill. But they got surrounded by a global state, the Roman Empire, remember? And they destroyed it. And when the religious system went down, suddenly the, the, the global state of Rome under, under Nero and subsequent Caesars after that, all foreshadows of the Antichrist, what did they do? They turned their attention on the true church. The church survived precisely because they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they were willing to lay down their lives because they knew it was true, and they knew that this world is not our home, and they have the promises of the gospel. Now, I'm not trying to lay no heavy martyrdom trip on anybody, but what I am telling you is the patterns are striking. The book of Revelation is, is replete with examples of both those who suffer and those who don't. But nonetheless, we hope to live, but if not, it doesn't matter. See, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, knowing that we're only one breath from eternity should cause us to have a sobriety at such a level that we live our lives in the way that, that, that the Bible dictates to us, irregardless of prophetic events or not. So, so we need to always be ready. And unfortunately, we're not always in that position, but thank God for his grace. But in regards to what we're talking about today, remember this. The scripture has told us. The Lord told the church in Philadelphia, there's coming an hour of trial upon the whole world. And he, but he gave them a promise. Because you've kept the word of my patience. What is that? What is the word of his patience? What is he talking about? He's talking about what we've been talking about. That what, would, what the world would come up under would, 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 would be a, a global enslavement with a few ruling elite. Brothers, I, am, I don't know, man. I, I just sense the Lord in my heart right now. Let me tell you something. They announced this thing a few years ago when they did their big ceremony coming out of that tunnel that they dug underneath the Swiss Alps and they came up under uh, into CERN, Switzerland. Remember, we've talked about this before. Go Google it. Satanic ceremony at CERN and it'll pop up. Guard your eyes. Don't show it to your children. But these were global leaders, including the Vatican representation and others. And in that ceremony, they showed what they believed. If you look at the documentary or the film that came out of there, they started underground. And, and, it, and, and the whole ceremony began with everybody dressed in these orange jumpsuits. They represented what they view humanity as. They view humanity as their worker bee class. That's what communism is. That's what the CCP is, the, the, the Communist China, Chinese Party. That's what socialism is. You have a ruling elite and you have the rest. And the rest are there 
to come up under the draconian jackbooted heel, if you will, of satanic will to do the will of the masters who are controlled by their master. And that ceremony they performed had everything within it. And you can go look at it in your own time. Ceremony at CERN. Check it out. They announced in that ceremony the coming or the birth of the goat child. (laughs) First, they showed him coming down out of heaven with a big baby head and angel's wings. He was androgynous. He had both female and male parts. This is satanic. The blurring of lines of, of gender identity. Why? Because man is created in the image of God. And, and it's, it's blasphemous to all get out. But they were announcing this one that falls from heaven will become a child and will be birthed. And they all worshipped it. And, and this is what they announced in a ceremony many, many, uh, just several years ago. It wasn't even that many years ago. I forget what year it was, but it wasn't more than five years ago four or five years ago, and now here we are. We've had the snare come. We've had the unleashing of this this pandemic, which initiated the process. That's why we say the snare isn't just one thing. It's a series of events. That's what Jesus was trying to tell us. He gave us that historic and prophetic timeline, and then he culminated it by calling it a snare. But before he mentioned the snare, he talked about a generation that would come up under surfeiting drunkenness and the cares of this life so that it would put them to sleep. He was addressing his own church, the final generation. And then he said, so when it happened, they wouldn't even realize because they were so into uh, this world and so compromised by, uh, you know, by, by their very lifestyles that when it happened, they wouldn't even know that it had been happening all along. A trap was laid. A net was spread. However you want to describe it, when they wake up, they're already trapped. That's what's happening. People are beginning to realize they're already trapped. We talked to you about this a few weeks back when we talked about and taught on the captivity. We talked about Jeremiah the prophet. We talked about what happened. We talked about God protecting his people and instructing them precisely while they were up under this prophetic time uh, event for their day, that they, they were to be very cautious and not to resist what was coming because they would put themselves in danger. What they were to do was to listen to the prophetic instruction of the great Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the prophets that went before them, much as the Lord has given us instruction in this Luke 21 discourse that we've been, you know, stumblingly so trying to unlock, unfold, and teach and disseminate it to you that are that are listening to us. So remember, yeah. all is designed ultimately to come after the church, the saints of God. Now, let's get to this. Moses wrote something, and me and Brother Fernando were talking about this the other day, and and and, and he talked about what Jesus called the snare. He actually mentions it. And we're going to show you how we believe that Moses, and this is our opinion now, but we're going to lay the scriptural foundation as we close now. And, 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 and we're going to show you something here that, that what Moses is revealing is the same thing Jesus was talking about. And it's very interesting what he identifies as the, the trigger point that would bring about the final events that would enslave the whole world and result at the end of it all with the second coming of the Lord. Let's turn over there real quick, Brother Jeremy, if we could, uh, to Psalm 91, Psalm 91, and we'll close here. 
as we uh, we look at the snare. Are you there? Uh, yes. Psalm 91. Could you read to us verse 1 through 3, please? Yes. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Okay, now stop. Surely, stop. I want you to read this this part very slowly in light of what we've been talking about, what Jesus identified as the snare. How does Moses call it? What does he say about it? Go ahead. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and, and from the noisome pestilence. Interesting. So he he equates, in the very first reference of this Psalm 91, he equates first the snare as being the snare of the fowler, the one who initiates it. That fowler is the devil. That's what he's referencing. And But then he promises that the Lord will deliver his people at the time of the snare. What begins the snare of the fowler discourse that Moses is prophesying about here is also the same kind of word that Jesus used when talking about the snare. In the Hebrew, it's, uh, it's the word pach or P-A-C-H, um, which means snare in the Hebrew. It literally means uh, the plot or the source agents of calamity. <laughs> so he's the snare or the plots or the agents of the fowler. He says, I'm going to deliver my people in that time from that. Those that are what? Abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Those that are what? In the secret place of the Most High. Those who call the Lord their uh, their refuge and their fortress. And those who have their trust in God at this time shall be delivered from the plots and the agents of the fowler, which is the devil. And the very first strategy that he reveals that they will use as the snare is the noisome pestilence. This is very interesting because Moses begins with a pestilence. The word pestilence literally means a plague, a virus, plague or virus that Brother Fernando discovered the other day in looking at the root words of the word noisome uh, is is a – tell us, Brother Fernando, what you saw. Yeah, uh, you, we were talking about this uh, off there uh, a couple of days ago, and, and I was just doing a quick study um, in the root word of the word noisome. Um, and, and I'll read it to the people here. It, it, it means this, when you get down to it, um, it's this, the Hebrew word ha-va, uh, yeah. and it says, supposed to mean properly to breathe. And I when I saw that, I said, oh, my. So the plague that he's talking about, this noisome plague, has to do with breathing. Or somehow it affects the breathing system. Possibly, and right? Possibly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's what that's that's what it's saying there. So it's left up to interpretation, but it is talking about a plague. It is talking about breeding, and one has to wonder, you know, it, it, that's exactly the kind of plague or or uh, virus we're facing today. It's a virus that affects the breeding system. That's why we have to wear masks. And that's so, why Fauci we needed ventilators. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and so I'll throw this out there too, brother Marty. Yeah, go ahead. And, go ahead. Uh, I know we're going a little long, but you know what? It's worth it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Remember this: Did Jesus use the word snare in Luke twenty-one to trigger us to go to Psalms ninety-one? Yes. Or Absolutely. did he just do it by a mere coincidence? Well, we know through Scripture, uh, you know, especially uh, on the road to Emmaus when he spoke to those two men. He was well-versed in Moses, the prophets, and the and, Psalms. Yes. My goodness. Praise God. Well, okay, so now with that root word that you discovered there, Brother Fernando, Chava, uh, it does mean to breathe or, or to be affected, breathing and affecting. That's literally what that means. So he's talking about a breathing affected virus or a virus that affects your breathing. And he says that it's the snare of the fowler, the fowler being the devil. Moses is talking here and he says it, uh, the word snare literally means plots or sources. That's the same word in the Greek that's used by Jesus, right? Which is strategies, traps. Are they drawing our attention to the fact that the actual snare which would affect the whole world. Remember, Jesus said that. It would come upon all the world. That it would first take shape and emerge in the form of a plague or a virus. Because that word noisome also means to eagerly rush upon something in order to mm-hmm. bring it to ruin. It also means to, with another root is ava, not chava, but ava, it means to covet after something. So all of it is within this plague. Not only does it quite possibly affect us in our breathing system, uh, literally that's what it means to breathe uh, and, and in connection with a virus, but it also carries with it in its overall con- contextual meaning that it's designed by those that plot and strategize because they're they're eagerly wanting to rush upon something. They greedily are pursuing something. Right. That's what you were talking about the other day, Brother uh, Fernando. When you said, as you see it, uh, you know, really what they're after is global domination and power, lust, greed, all of it, power and position. And, and, you, and you reminded us of how the enemy, when he first tried to take down Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, the last thing he presented was all the kingdoms of the world to him. But he didn't take, he rebuked him and said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Well, these people have fallen down and worshipped him. And they are they're playing the most dangerous game the universe has ever seen because it's gonna require their very souls. Wow. This this yeah. snare, brothers and sisters, is is has begun. And it began with a plague. But the plague is just one event in a series of events, all connected, that once initiated, which is already well underway, is going to progressively unfold 
and ultimately culminate with the enslavement of the whole world. That's where we are. That is the snare. And unfortunately, what we have seen is what Jesus precisely and emphatically warned us about, that if we did not take heed, if we did not stay awake, if we not pay attention, if we gave ourselves to sensuality, intoxication, and the cares of this life, that when it arrived, it would be way too late because it would now affect the whole world. And we were just now entering into the final days of human history. But listen to what Moses goes on to say to those who dwell in the secret place, to those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, to those who call him Lord and who understand he's our refuge, he's our fortress. Read it to us, Brother Jeremy, and just listen to how beautiful and powerful this is, this promise in verse 4 through 10, Psalm 91. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Only with thy eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. And the promise he gave to the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives to his church. We are his children in verse 11. Can you read that? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. To keep thee, to protect us wherever we go. But again, these are people who trust in the truth. The truth isn't a a concept. It's a person. It's our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our shield and our buckler. He is our fortress. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. They are saved. They're preserved. Gather us, dear Lord, under the shadow of thy wing. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What does that mean? That literally means that's language Moses was using. Uh, because when they constructed the tabernacle, the habitation of the presence of God came in the wilderness and dwelt in the middle of the camp of Israel. The tabernacle was the central focus of their identity. They all pitched their tents, and their, the opening of their tent doors was directly towards the center of the camp. They couldn't look behind them. This was a reflective foreshadow of, of faith in the presence of God. The tabernacle was in the center. And and so when it says abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, that's because if you remember in the book of Exodus, it spoke about the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. It was in the center of the camp. In the middle of the night, his his light would light the way. In the daytime, his his presence was in the midst of the camp to to protect them from the rays of, of of the desert sons of the Sinai, you know, the wilderness in the Sinai desert. So when he says, 
abiding under the shadow, he's referencing the secret to our protection. And that is our face is turned towards him. And, and, and he is in our midst. There's a prayer that says, oh, dear Lord, uh, may we have uh, that, may thy glory be in our midst for a defense. That's what Isaiah said. And so that is the secret to our protection right now. And we must begin to allow the Spirit of God to develop us quickly. You know, I, I'll, I'm not going to put this pressure on my brothers, but I'm just telling you, I, I really don't, you know, I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks about me anymore. And I've been around, man, <laughs> especially within the circles of the church. I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we as brothers and sisters draw together and and pitch our tent towards the glory of the Lord, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. That the opening of the door for what we see, what we think, what we do, is always focused on him being the center of our lives. Because that is the only thing that is going to preserve us right now. He will give you strategies. He will give you uh, things that you must do. He has showed us and warned us in our in his work. Now let's 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 close with this in Luke chapter twenty one, because Jesus didn't stop there. He said, Yes, there's a snare coming. Yes, it's coming on the whole earth. It's already begun. He who has eyes to see and ears to hear, it's here, right now. And 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 get in the word so you know what else is coming. But uh Read verse 35 and 36 to us again, Brother Jeremiah. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth, of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. There, there's your your rapture right there. First, he, he instructs us. When the snare is here, he says, you better stay awake. Watch. That's what that means, to be awake, to be like a soldier on the wall, you know, who guards the city. And, and he's up on the tower so he can see well into the distance and, and see danger coming from afar off. That's what he's he's telling us to do at these times. Get engaged. Pay attention. We need to grow up. These aren't, we need serious people for serious times. We need to be accountable to each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to protect our families. We need to do all the practical things that we need to do. But above all, we need to be watching, he said, and praying. Always. And he said that we may be accounted worthy to what? Escape. That word escape is incredible. Because what he's actually culminating with is the coming of the Son of Man. And he uses a particular phrase there, the son of man. The word escape means to vanish. To flee, to escape in safety. But it also means to vanish. It could very well be that what he's saying there and the things that he's talking about that are going to come upon all the world is the wrath of God. And he's saying, pray, always watch, stay awake. Gird up the loins, right, as he says. You know, uh, have your lamps burning, right? Be as those that are watching and waiting for their Lord to return at the gates, at the doorposts, daily, always. And and then he says, uh, 
that you may be accounted worthy to to escape these things. What things? The judgment that's coming. The wrath that's going to fall. That is much different than the tribulation that we will collectively experience together. We're already beginning to experience it. It's come to the shores of our country. Again, like we said earlier, and my brothers have been with me in Central America, we have seen how, how most of the world lives. They're already up under <laughs> tribulation and you know, just go ask the people in Nicaragua and Honduras and Guatemala. You know, they've just been hit with two Category 4 hurricanes in less than a week. Or go ask the people of of, of, of Beijing or, or, or Wuhan or, or the outlying peasant areas of China and, and our brothers and sisters there who can't meet openly for fear of their lives, whose pastors have been jailed, whose families have been broken apart, whose children have been put into re-education camps. Go ask them if they don't think they're under the tribulation period. Or go ask the, the women who hide in the in the tall grasses of, 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 of Eastern Africa as, as those crazy uh, extremists from Boko Haram and, and the other uh, Islamic extremist terrorist groups that go into the villages and steal their daughters, kill their husbands, rape their wives, precisely because they're Christian. Or the families of the 21 men whose heads were beheaded on the shores of Libya by 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 a, by a crazed ISIS that that was seeking to impose a caliphate and destroy Christianity across the Middle East. I could go down the list, but you know, America is about to wake up, and it's not going to be morning in America. It'll be morning, all right, but not the kind where the sun rises. But you see. God's children, and oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me if I'm frightening any of you because that's not my intent. Because this doesn't end good for the world, but it ends in a fantastic way for the children of God. The Apostle Paul said so. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor length, nor depth, nor any such thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he goes on to say, this momentary light affliction, it is not anything to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us when Christ Jesus returns. Hallelujah. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the pretenders are separated from those who truly know their God. And it's to, it's to that end that we are striving, that we can be more than just people who can quote a verse or two or, or enunciate some sort of theological concept, but that we can join ourselves and link arms with a host of generations that have gone before us who refuse to bow the knee to this world, who refuse to accept the things that this fallen satanic world offered to it from generation to generation and took their place in the great host of the armies of the most high God. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read something to you real quick. My wife sent me this this morning and I thought it would be appropriate to read this. And I'm going to tell you when, when I finish reading this, something really interesting. Listen to this written by a great man of God. Listen to his words. The great need of the church today and of human society as a whole is a genuine 
God sent revival. It is either revival or revolution. And a revolution that will plunge human society and civilization into chaos and utter confusion. It is a time of widespread apostasy. He says, this may be the last apostasy from which we will be saved by the return of the Lord Jesus to this earth to take the reins of government into his own thoroughly competent hands. That would, of course, be the greatest and most glorious of all revivals, a revival that will never end. The apostasy in this country is far more appalling than the apostasies that have occurred before it, at least as it regards university life and the cultural apostasy of today. He says it was the revival under the Wesleys and their associates that saved the church and saved civilization in their day. Even so, thoroughgoing a rationalist as Lecky, the historian, he admits that it was a revival under the Wesleys that saved civilization in England, and it was the Great Awakening under the leadership of Jonathan Edwards and others that saved the church in America. Our sorest need today is a deep, thoroughgoing, spirit-wrought, God-sent revival. Brothers and sisters, that was written by the great man of God, A.R. Torrey. That was written in 1925. It never came. We didn't listen. And we find ourselves where we are today. If he called America in an apostate state in 1925, what do we have today, brothers and sisters? It is why we look to heaven. We live in this world, yes, but we're not of it. And God help us to become what we're meant to be. Stay awake, watch and pray always that we may be counted worthy to escape those things which are coming on the face of the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Fasten your seatbelt. Bring the kids inside. <laughs> Draw the shades, man. <laughs> this is an uplifting message, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus is coming. See, that's supposed to make us happy, right? When you see these things begin to come to pass, the Lord said, Lift up your head. Do you really believe it? We're going to find out what we all believe soon. But we know that you out there who love the Lord, you know. You know. We are the most privileged of all generations, for we shall witness the coming of the King. Be encouraged, not afraid. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and sound mind. Let us ask him for those special graces that our early church brothers had, that whether we live in a time of peace or a time of the great snare, it makes no difference. For our eyes are set on things above, for we know the coming of the Lord is at hand. God bless you and have a great weekend. Hopefully you'll join us again on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Amen. Jeremy.
<laughs> you know, uh, I was thinking, you know, in our subject that we spoke today about the entrapment of the church, ultimately, brothers, and this is good news that I'm going to give you, <laughs> too. Thank you, brother. Ultimately, this is a snare that's going to ensnare the very devil himself. That's right. Because at the end, he is cast out to this earth as a mouse entrapped here. And right now, the devil is smelling his own cheese. But make no mistake about it, he's going <laughs> to fall into the snare. And the Bible says that he's going to be locked up for a thousand years and then get let loose for, for a while, a little time. And he will be thrown into the lake of fire. Ultimately, the devil, <laughs> God's plan, hallelujah, Amen. is going to be ensnared at the end of all of this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we praise God for the study of the word, sensing, you know, the heart in which we have come before you, the burden, the urgency. Continue to pray for us. You have your time. When you remember us, pray for us that God will give us the strength to continue as we pray for you. As Brother Marty says, we pray that you enjoy your weekend close to your families, close to one another, and always looking up and always looking to him and finding refuge in the shadow of the Almighty God. We love you and we pray for you. May God bless you. May God keep you. Lord willing, we'll see you Monday. Meanwhile, keep looking up.